Welcome to the Hacker Outdoors podcast. I am Michael Hacker and I'm here with Joey McCormick who is still in Myrtle Beach. He is fixing his hat right now. Hopefully he doesn't move around too much like he did last time. So the audio should stay the same. Um, last episode, we did talk a little bit about how the tournament ended up. Um, we will hear in the future about the kind of mini tournaments and the, of course, the All-Americans. Is that what you called it? Of the regional, the regionals and then the All-Americans, if you make it to that. That's that's where when you make it to the regional, I mean, when you uh, when you make it to the All-American, everybody gets a boat. Everybody's at their own boater. So that, that's, that's, that's where you want to go. Well, so go ahead, go ahead and listen to that. If you want to get some details on, you know, what happened, um, you know, we try not to give away all the secret sauce, but if you piece together some of the episodes uh, regarding fishing, there are some great little tidbits in there of information. Um, Joe, I, to your recommendation, I watched a, a recent show, right? You know, I tend to kind of walk that fine line of, of interesting things on the internet from time to time, but I finally got around to watching Missing 411. Mr. David yeah. Paul Atis. Yep. So, you know, it, it's been on my queue for so long, and I actually forgot that you had recommended it to me. I think it's been over a year. Yeah. And I, I was sitting around and I'm like, oh man, I, was, I, I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was doing side work or whatnot. And I just wanted some background noise. So I go and I, flipping through and i'm like what the hell is missing 411 i don't remember adding this so hunted was actually on amazon prime so that's the one that i had added so i said i'm just gonna add hunted and i'm gonna press play finally and see what the heck this is about captivated have told now like six people to watch this i was a little flabbergasted i'm not gonna lie um it's well his books ahead. he's got like 16 books out his books David Politis are incredible. And his YouTube channel too, which we'll link in the description, is spot on. So, well, so, so Joe, t- take me through it. So you're, you're, you're well-versed in this, of course, because you've read the books. You've been following it for a long time. You're the one who got me into it. So take me through. I, I did it backwards. So I did the missing 411 hunted first. There's actual the first documentary is Missing 411, correct? Correct. I haven't read all his books, I've read some of them. Basically, throughout the, the, the state, well, the national parks in the country, there's these clusters of missing people who are never found, period, in the sentence. And, and they all become lost or go missing in the same eerily similar circumstances. Um, David Politis lays out his keys to what makes these cases similar as far as time of day, weather event, uh, separation from parties, and they're just bizarre, bizarre happenings um, of these people just completely disappearing. Like the one guy in the hunted um, in was Wyoming, was it Wyoming, in the, in the mountain range, that new mountain range. Um, He's a oh, hunter, Mon- lived there. Montana, right? Montana, 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 yeah. Montana. Lived in that mountain range his whole life, born and raised in hunted there. So much so, so that he had stashes. Him and his buddies, people don't realize, people will hunt, will put stashes in mountains. So if they're out hunting and they forgot something, they go to their stash. So much so that this guy had stashes all over the place. And somehow, miraculously, this guy just disappeared. Completely disappeared. And, and, and strange things 
after he went lost, like strange, bizarre things were found. Like his shoes were found taken off. It, this. Let me stop you there. So, th- so this was super interesting to me. So, um, to kind of backtrack a little bit. So, I don't want to ruin everything for everyone, but really, that story was interesting to me because you know this was a mountain that he had hunted his entire life, right? Um, that he was out there with a bunch of people. And I think if I remember correctly, this was the one where he was right. He, they had mules carrying their stuff in and the mules got spooked and threw all of his gear off of it. And he like basically was well, without a tent, without a sleeping well, the bag. Whole story, right. The whole story is the one horse got spooked, spooked and he couldn't recover some of his stuff. And I think it was a sleeping bag. He couldn't recover. And he was going to the stacks to get the sleeping bag. But in this mountain range, this, I forget the name of the mountain range. Um, the name of the mountain range. In this mountain range, the youngest mountain range in the northeast, and in, in all the bodies of water there lead into town. And this guy was born and raised there. So it basically, if you find a creek there, you're in town within a day to hike. So yeah, he lost his sleeping bag. And after two days of being up there with the guys hunting, he decided to, to hike, hike to one of their stashes, which was not far away at all. And were it possible for him to get off track in this? And strange and bizarre things happened. And well, so so he so I was talking to my mom about it because my mom was one of the people that watched it. Um, so you know he had a walkie-talkie, and the specific type of walkie-talkie it oh, was his GPS enabled, locator. It had a yeah. GPS locator, so they were able to see that he was off trail. That he never made it to the stash. So if you were looking at a map, he was here. He had to go here, but somehow on the GPS locator, he was over here. And there were like, you know, things over here, like you're, you're heading towards another town. Um, so they were like communicating with him and he wasn't responding. Now, super creepy. And I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps. You probably see that. Like, so he disappears. Nobody hears from him. So they get back in town and they call this in. Right. And they send out a search party, massive search party. They search this, this range up and down. So they came, they knew where his last GPS location was. They knew where he came in. So you had a search party coming up this way. You had a search party coming over this way. And the goal was that they were going to curve around because it was like this big valley and they would meet somewhere in the middle and search dogs. They were using LIDAR. They were like, like searching this mountain with helicopters, everything. And it was decent weather, right? It was like, I think they were saying it was like 50, 60 degrees. And then two days later, they had this massive weather event where it was snowing. Um, so the, the guy right after the snow event, right after the snow event, it went back up to the fifties ago. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So it, it was interesting to see this. And then where are they? So it was, I don't remember if it was like a week or so, however long after right where they had walked by and searched, they wound up finding his boots sitting casually on top of a park bench overlooking the waterfall. So this is like a popular trail once again, not too far out of town that these that you would probably go to if you were an avid hiker. And his boots were just laying there completely, you know, sitting perfect, nonchalant. Yeah. Like he just took them off and placed them there. Now, my, my initial response to a lot of these stories were, you know, it sounds a lot like uh, hypothermia cases, right? Like I just listened to um, Steve Ronella's latest book. Uh, I think it was Campfire Stories or something like that. And he's telling the stories about 
this guy who fell in the water. Great book. We'll do a little segment on that. Um, the Meat Eater guys, fantastic. Definitely worth a listen to rather than read it. Listen to it. It sounds like a campfire story, literally. Um, but they're talking about like when you get hypothermia, the things that you do, right, are very, very strange. So you you start to feel like you're burning up out of nowhere. So you'll take your clothes off You'll and people fold them and stack them. Like you'll come across in the woods, be like, why the hell did someone leave a pair of boots nicely lined up, a pair of slacks or whatever folded nicely on top of which is a shirt, which is on top of which is a jacket, hats, gloves, all just sitting there so, and never find someone. Um, and then not to mention that the other part of the hypothermia is that there's this like burying aspect. So it's a phenomenon that people all of a sudden feel as though they need to bury themselves. And when you bury yourself, especially in an area like that, the likelihood of you getting found is slim to none. But this is way so, beyond that. So this, is way, this guy is like the equivalent of, a, uh, of Les Straussman. This is a man who grew up in this range since he could walk. He knows all this stuff. This is not some uneducated you know, tourist who comes out and, and has a bad time. This guy knew that place by the back of his hand, they said. I mean, he, inside and out. There's no way he would have missed that turn. You can see it in the video that it's all defined trail. Yeah. He yeah. missed his turn. So then what? Three months later, they find his thermos on a rock overlooking a homestead in town with the cup off, with the contents poured in the cup like he was sitting there drinking tea. And yeah. then down at the fence, a couple hundred yards further, they found his backpack. With all his stuff and weapons. Yeah. And which was, like was, was months, also six six months after the fact. And then I think it was I think it was a year. And I might be yeah, wrong on that. We go back. It was a long but, time. But but that to me was interesting because they kept saying that, you know, with this phenomena, we'll call it a phenomena because that's what they call it in the series. Um, usually they never recover a weapon. And in this situation, Literally within eyesight of someone's house, eyesight of someone's house, you had his hunting backpack placed nicely, standing up, with, leaning against the fence with his hunting rifle next to it. And I think if I'm not mistaken, even food, his pistol. In, in food too. In yeah. rations. In rations. So it wasn't like, there was plenty of sustenance in there. And to the point where that if he made it to there, he was looking at, a, he was in town. In town, and these areas were searched methodically over and over again. Those things never there. Just like the guy in New England, in, in Bite House, that went 40 yards. They found his blind, remember? Guy didn't yeah. walk well, found his blind, just gone, disappeared, gone. Yeah. I, the, the whole thing was super interesting to me and, and spooky, right? Now, I, I think this, this brings an important a couple important points, right? Like number one, and I think that this is very important is, is like the wilds are an incredibly dangerous place. Yes. Now we've, we've talked about this a number of times of having to rescue people out in the wilds and people who are un, uninitiated into the wilds, they tend to do stupid things. And you could kind of understand like, yeah. you know, you're an, you know, an amateur hiker, an amateur rock climber, whatever it is you're doing, an amateur hunter, you, you know, amateur fisherman, and you're out exploring and you get lost because you're not used to reading maps. You don't have a compass on you. You don't have, you know, whatever it is you need. You could say, okay, 
you know, I could understand that that person went missing a little bit more than someone who's been hunting their entire life in the same area and just somehow poof, gone. No, the, those cases make sense. The cases that he presents in his books, in his movies, and in his website, on his YouTube, make absolutely no sense. There's no other way to describe it. No sense. There's no, no logical thing that could happen. And um, he talks a lot of park rangers and sheriffs who tell you the same things that this, there's something else going on. It, it doesn't make sense. Like the, the first case in New York in The Hunted, that guy was, should never, never not been found. He was 50 yards away or something like that from the next hunter. They were in a so hunting the line. Way, the, yeah, so the way yeah, they used to hunt back in the old days, they would make hunting lines and they would disperse between like every 50 yards would be a guy and then people would go around the back and push the game towards the hunting line. 50 yards in sight of people all direction. Nothing. Yeah. Gone. That, that, that was creepy to me. And I think, you know, on the surface, he's the old guy who, who was in the woods his whole life and said there was a sound. That's well. So I was going to say that. So you, you look at it and you say, you have a line, I think it was the four or five hunters, 50 yards apart yeah. across this yeah. wooded area. Pretty thick. You can argue, okay, the guy was in his eighties. Maybe he got lost. Maybe he got disoriented, maybe whatever, but he disappeared, zero trace, no found, never found his weapons. No Went scent, in, no nothing. No scent, nothing. A guy who was three guys away from him said, now they, they were facing uphill. So there's this little, I guess, um, rock outcrop at the top there. The other hunters went around this outcrop, came back around this way and started driving the game this way. Now, the guy who was three or four people away from him. So what is that? three times 50 yards, 150 yards from the, from the guy who goes missing says, you know, I, I heard this sound that I would never get out of my head. Right. Like this kind of, it sounded almost mechanical, like something like was opening, like a trap. Yeah. And you're like, Holy, sh Holy sh man. And the like, best part is all the guys in the trip said the, the whole forest was devoid of game. Nothing. There was nothing. And the park rangers, even the one guy even said when they're doing the search, the area lacked game. And then the, this is not in an area where there's not game. We all know. I know where that area is to a T. I know exactly where he was at. And very heavy with game there. And they all mentioned how weird it was that there was, even when they started the hunt, that there was no wildlife. No birds, no squirrels, no chipmunks. And that that's a creepy freaking feeling, man. And I remember when we were going up to New Hampshire to camp years ago with my buddy Frank and everyone. And uh, the first year I go up there and we get to the top of this mountain and I'm like, all right, guys, we need to like hang the food. And they're like, we don't hang our food. What are you talking about? And I said, you worry about bears. Like you're in upper New Hampshire. Yeah. And they're like, we've been coming here for like a decade and have never seen anything. And literally for three years of going camping there, it, I think I saw one chipmunk. Never saw a bird, yeah, never saw a squirrel. It, and that's abnormal. That is incredibly abnormal, abnormal for a remote area close to a lake. Very abnormal. Yeah. So, so you know, hearing these stories made me think like I've been in the woods a lot by myself over the years and continue to, right? Like as I explore these rivers, lakes, and everything else in between. And, um, 
you know, there's a lot about this world that we don't understand. And um, the producer, David Pilotis, or how would you say his name? Pilotis. David Pilotis. He, thank you. He doesn't really give you a reason as to why this is happening, which is, which is what I kind of like. Now, you kind of get the feeling that he's talking about UFOs. You kind of get the feeling he's talking about Bigfoot um, because it, we'll talk about the thousand pound gorilla in the room or thousand pound Sasquatch in the room, you know, David is a big proponent of Bigfoot, right? Um, so he gets a lot of slack for a lot of these things because everyone knows him as a big Bigfooter. Um, uh, it, but you know, people don't realize. You can go to his YouTube channel. He he was he was a detective, uh, police detective for like thirty years. He's not just some puke um, Bigfoot guy. I mean. And if you go to his YouTube, read his books, the people who come out and, and verify the stuff he's talking about, your mind will be boggled. It'll be hard yeah. to find an answer. Especially, he, he just doesn't just, it's not just random places where people disappear in natural forests. There's criteria. And, 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 and there's, if you, if you buy his books, you get the maps and the cluster, cluster zones will blow your mind. And I'm not talking a cluster zone like for three years, three people got lost here. This is stuff that dates back to the 1800s to today. Same area, same place, and same time. People disappearing in the same circumstances. And what was the biggest cluster? I, they talked about it. Do you remember? It's um, it's the park in California. Yosemite. Yosemite. Yeah. So that that was the one thing that was interesting too. Was um, another thing that was interesting was they talk a lot about granite. They said the granite and water. Yeah. For some reason, this tends to be. The areas that people go missing tend to be heavy on granite, and there's some sort of water source in the area. Well, now, you, argument is, is okay, we're in North America. There's granite and freaking water. Everywhere. I suggest you watch his YouTube and do some reading of Native American beliefs and other countries' beliefs about granite around water. Uh, it's 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 pretty pretty eye opening when you read some of this stuff and see some of this stuff. And this is not coming from him. This is coming from other cultures. It is pretty nuts. Just like the, the amount of people who get go mysteriously missing around places had names associated with the devil, like El Diablo Lake or the El Diablo Mountains. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty bizarre. Pretty it it bizarre. is super super bizarre, and you know it, it brought me <coughs> to a conversation. So I sent it to a buddy of mine, and he he's big into like Bigfoot, and he's like, I liked how he like kind of talked like he didn't talk about bigfoot or aliens but he kind of alluded to it but he's like at the same time he's like i kind of was like all right well people go missing all over the place like around valley reservoir here in new jersey it's like it was in weird new jersey years ago and it's it's actually is a dangerous freaking place that 78 corridor through new, through new jersey gets some of the craziest weather you could possibly imagine so this man-made lake gets waves on it and people are out there on small little boats and they go disappearing but they call it as the uh, what do they call it? The Bermuda Triangle of New Jersey. It's like, okay, I can get that, right? But there's these clusters and Shenandoah National Park is extremely dangerous, um, but that's dangerous for other reasons. Oregon Pipe National Park, incredibly dangerous, but it's dangerous for other reasons. Those have purposes why they're dangerous, right? And why right. people go missing and people die. These are abnormal cases that don't make sense. This is not, you know, just Joe Schmo from, you know. I suggest you start with his books or his YouTube channel because he puts a lot of good stuff on there constantly. Thinking children who, who at very young ages, two, one, three years old, travel hundreds and hundreds. I mean, 
he'll say eight air miles in the mountains. Eight air miles is when you, that means when you look at a map and you just draw a straight line, it's a crow flies. Equivalent to like on feet, like walking in the mountains, eight air miles is equivalent to like something like 60 to 80 miles. Children covering that distance in a matter of hours to be found. Well, that kid, that kid in Colorado was, I mean, all these, when you watch, you watch something that happens to an adult, you're like, okay, like it's sad, but like, like this was an adult, like they knew what they were getting into. But the one in Colorado with the kid who they found his shoes like three years later, and then they found his clothes and the pants were all shredded and people were like, oh my gosh, it's because he got attacked by an animal. And you're like, no, it's been outside for three years. And considering it's been outside in the weather of Colorado for three years, the pants don't look bad at all. This was just from animals eating it. And his sweater was just neatly laid there, almost nothing wrong with it. And, and the, the shoes official, like they're brand new. Brand new. And the explanation that was given by by the uh, – did they find his body? I don't remember. But um, no. the no, explanation all they, was – All they ever found was his skull. Was that what it was? They said that he was taken off by a mountain lion in front of everybody and nobody noticed. And the, the mountain lion was so scared, ran up the mountain to, it was basically a scree field or a, you know, a rock field uh, of granite again. And that's where these hikers saw it and they hiked up there and saw the, the shoes years later. Um, but if a mountain lion is going to take you, there's going there's to be marks. Trail. There's, no there's blood trail. There was no blood. There was no blood on the clothes. There was no markings on the clothes from teeth or claws or anything like that. And I mean, this poor father and this poor family and the people that were with him, like, like that is terrifying to think, even if he was taken by a mountain lion, which, you know, I'm not thinking is what happened here, but there's you know, no way that that's, you got to watch it. It's terrifying. Yeah. Shit. So, so uh, yeah, man. I think uh, that's that's all I've got on that because that's uh, yeah. really that it hit me a little hard on that one. Uh, kind of binge. Got you should link his YouTube. I mean, YouTube it really really gets into it. The books are great. I, I haven't read all of them. I read a couple here and there. I mean, he lays it out because he was a tech. He was a detective for most of his life, and he lays it out like a police detective would. Facts and facts only, and evidence. That's it. You make your own decision. He never really says. I think it's X, Y, or Z. He yeah. just lays it out. So, yeah, and I can appreciate that, and I think that's what made me enjoy it very much. So, and I, the the mystery behind it, and as being an avid outdoorsman, I, you know, you've seen things over the years. I'm sure you've seen things over the years that you just kind of like, hmm, what the hell was that about? You know, and you think any, any, seen- any hunter, any hunter you speak to who's hunts in the like the remote areas and out in the wilderness, tell you some bizarre things. Jacques Cousteau used to say the ocean is vast and beautiful, right? So there are things in the oceans, things on this land that people don't know. Um, You know, I I had this conversation with my nephew. He was, we were talking about Bigfoot for some reason. He asked me about it. And I said, I said, well, look at it this way. I said, up until when the seventies, right? They thought that, you know, tales of Bigfoot in the African jungles was just the, you know, just a fairy tale. And it turns out that it was a silverback gorilla. So, you know, that was the 70s. And who knows, with the vast amount of land we have in this country that's protected, thankfully, um, that's covered by trees and mountains and everything else and are incredibly remote, and we don't have much in the way of, you know, access to these regions, who knows what's out there? I've seen Bigfoot. 
I know, I know. You, we we keep saying, did we did we do a did we do a, no. an episode on? We should do no, an episode. I should have dropped that. I should have dropped that because it's time to eat. I'll leave a cliffhanger. But I, <laughs> I have seen Bigfoot. So, well, Joe, thank you for uh, chatting as always, you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching, and uh, have a great week. You too. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take Later. care, guys. Bye. See you.